Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of UT, the show of psychology, Vox Table Peche, early days of awesome cocktails. Today's guest is Madeline K, bartenderist at the Vox Table in Austin, Texas. Interesting conversation. It is in two parts. Something kind of started to happen and bubble up in the first segment, and Madeline and I later kind of talked about it, and she came back to talk about what was going on. So I hope you guys enjoyed this chat with Madeline Kay. That's so, it? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I mean, it depends. There's so many different ideas of small Texas, yeah. uh, just because Texas is so large. It's my idea of small Texas town. Yeah. You know, I went to school with the same kids from pretty much all the same kids from kindergarten through to senior year. And, wow. How um, large, if you can kind of like recall, how long, how large was the graduating class? I think it was uh, like 121, 122. That's, that's a crazy. Yeah. That's a, that's a fourth of the town <laughs> that graduated. Well, roughly, roughly, almost like a fifth. But. Yeah. Well, our... Our school district was a few small towns all oh, together. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, like, there, my town is the smallest of the three main ones that mm-hmm. go into the school district. Interesting. Yeah. What is it really rural? I mean, I try not to make any assumptions or paint it, but did you grow up in just, like, a regular suburban house, like, in, in the suburbs, or was it something a little bit more, like, you guys had a farm or... Oh, we didn't have a farm. It wasn't quite like that. I mean, there are people not that far from me that have farms. It's yeah. like rice farms, crawfish farms, things like that. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like my l- little sister, her best friend growing up, she grew up like a mile down the road. Um, her family has a big rice farm and crawfish farm. Right. See, I would have never thought. Would, would you have ever thought, like not having been from Nome, that there would be rice out there? Probably not. Yeah, it's such a strange. You don't think about it. You think like rice patties of Asia. Right. Much, much like really lush and green places, mm-hmm. but not necessarily in Texas small town. No, it's swampy down there. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Man, so it's like, how far is it from the, the border? I've been to Beaumont one time. Like the Louisiana border? Yeah. Um, oh, what is, It's like an hour and 15 minute drive. Oh, that's it? Like that? No, it's oh, not far at all. Yeah, that's not bad at all. No, like the last time I came home to visit before I like left again before before I came home for good. Yeah, yeah. Um, for good. <laughs> for good. Um, dot dot dot. But like my mom and I went across the border and went to the casino and went to do penny slots. Oh nice. This is a day trip. It was great. That's so cool. And only an yeah. hour and a half, hour fifteen minutes. That's, yeah. It's crazy. So you have is it your sister younger? Is that I have two younger sisters. Two younger sisters. Are you yeah. the oldest then? Um, kind of. I've got two kind older of. brothers and two younger sisters, but I'm my mom's oldest. I see. So I've always kind of been treated like the oldest. Yeah. And so your folks were together by the time, like, so Nome is where you started out. Um, you were born there. No, I was actually born in Beaumont. And oh, then okay. my parents got divorced and my mom remarried my stepdad who lived in Nome. And so we moved out there when I was five. Five. Yeah. It's, it's still Essentially, pretty, yeah. Yeah, it's a car- harmless at that point. Right. You're so young. Well, what was, what's high school like? Were you doing sports stuff? Were you doing art, music? 
Um, yeah, it's funny. I was like Little Miss High School. Little Miss High School. <laughs> yeah, I did everything. It's like when you when you go to town or to school in a small town. Yeah. Uh, you have the kids who don't do anything, and then the kids who do everything. And I was definitely one of the kids what, who did everything. When a kid's not doing anything, what what exactly are they not like? Are they getting into trouble? Because like you can't just sit there, right? You gotta do something. I wouldn't know. I was too That's busy true. doing all the things. I mean, like I played volleyball and soccer, and was in theater, and student council and honor really? society. Yeah. Were you ever student president? No, I ran. Vice president? You I did? wasn't popular enough. Really? Yeah. When it was, was this like sophomore year, junior year? Something no, like senior year that I ran. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and you couldn't nail it? You couldn't nail it then? Nah. You weren't popular enough, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, for real. Interesting. So it was, is, it, is it easy to like feel connected to the world in such a small town? That's the thing I always think of is like, you go, if you grow up in the inner cities of Houston, let's just say, mm-hmm. like little bit more cultural a little bit more gritty but is it a sheltered kind of existence there i think for a lot of people it is yeah. for me it never felt like it um when my parents got divorced my dad moved to houston mm. and so every other weekend i was in houston oh cool what part of houston um like gallery area mostly oh yeah i mean yeah. So you, th- there you go there's the money the culture the food the drinks and everything yeah and you know what time he had with us he would take us on little trips never anything crazy but mm. You, know, you hear about kids these days. They're like, oh, we're just going to Hawaii. I'm like, what? Really? You're six. Lucky bastards. <laughs> yeah. They don't even um, appreciate it. And but... just Instagramming it from their eight-year-old cell phone. Right. And then they fall off of the Taj Mahal and die. <laughs> that's what happens when people take selfies. Yes. Yes. True. Totally. It's true. Um, but yeah. I mean, so I, I got out a little bit. I got out enough. It yeah. wasn't like I was stuck in this town of 500 people. Yeah. You had the benefit of at least like hitting Houston up every other right. weekend or whatever you were saying. Right. Yeah. Which is not bad. So you graduate high school. Did you have those dreams to do the whole college thing, like go off and start a family? Like what is the prototypical American dream, as they say? Um, yeah, I would say so. I definitely thought things would turn out a lot more different than they did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was always going to go to college. That's something I knew. I ended yeah. up getting a scholarship to UT. Oh, cool. So, UT Austin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I moved straight here. And it was like an academic scholarship or something more specific? Um, it's, it wasn't through the university, but oh, okay. it was like kind of academic, kind of, it's hard to describe. It's called the Terry Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, this man was just this entrepreneur, uh, his name's Howard Terry, and, uh, he passed away a couple years ago, but he made a ton of money and just started the scholarship fund and pays for a ton yeah. of kids in Texas to go to school. That's great. Yeah. And so what were you admitted into? Which school at UT? The College of Communications. Communications. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I've been down that path. What exactly, what were you, I had some expectations about what that might mean. Yes, Having communication. <laughs> I can talk, you know, I can shake hands, I can give speeches. That's communications, right? But for you, what was, what were you, what field did you want to go into? Um, it's crazy to say this now, but I actually wanted to be a lawyer. Really? Yeah, I went in for political communication. Oh, that's you know, that's that's really targeted, really really specific. Yeah, well, UT doesn't have pre-law. Oh, they don't. Um, so all the kids who want to do law end up doing government or um, political communication mm. or history or whatever, whatever study says that people get the highest on the LSAT right, from right. their major. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what they usually do. Yeah. Um. So I did political communication because I was, was always it? pretty interested in communication anyway. Yeah. Um. It was great. Um. It was not what I expected. Um, Which I, the, the curriculum or actually like living 
in Austin and doing that whole thing. The curriculum. Yeah. Uh, Austin was about what I expected. It was fun. <laughs> Had a really Read good about time. it. Yeah. What, what, so when did you come down? What year did you come down to Austin? 2008. Oh, cool. Okay. So pretty recently. Yeah. And so you finished up at UT? Yep. And then you so you have this nice, shiny, ultimate, ultimately like a pre-law degree, you got communications, political uh, focus in politics, right? So you're going to go lobby downtown? Is that Was that where you were headed? Oh, God, no. I um, I actually decided my first year that I did not want to be a lawyer anymore. No, that, what was? Do you remember that crushing moment? I do. It sounds so bratty. I got my first B ever that, of my whole you life. You got a B in college, and that was like, oh, fuck it. I'm not, I can't do it now. Yeah, well, it was my, really? it was my professor. He was a grad student. Um, oh, jeez. He was just like all high and mighty on himself. He got really mad at me for a comment I made in class one day. What did you say? Like, um, I asked him, what did I ask him? I asked him when we were going to get the, um, oh, what's it called? Like before a test when you, I can't even, it's so long since I've been in college. Uh, it's like not, a study so, guide. A study guide. I asked okay. him when we were going to get the study guide for our uh, final. Right. Because he had promised it to us at a certain date or whatever. Yeah. He got all butthurt about it because he wasn't ready. Right. Um, or something like that. I don't know. But it's no, funny, they, like they, you could see from that date, like he actually called me out in class um called because me some called me some names there's a class of like 15 people he, ca- he, like he called, called me some you names, names and then like from that point on you could see where my grades changed holy shit and i was like this is bullshit um if this is what this degree is then i don't i don't want it i don't yeah. want to do it um that's insane and so that was like you said the first year that happened yeah it was my second semester jesus yeah it was weird i um I don't know, it was like that kind of hit and then I started rethinking things and then a lot of it too is like I've watched my mom um, become a lawyer. She went back to school when I was oh, cool. young and I I just decided I didn't want to do it. It was a good model, right? It's like that yeah. seems admirable. My mom did it. What kind of, is she, is she practicing now? Yeah, she's a family law attorney. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah. And in Beaumont or in Nome? In Beaumont, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's something worthy to try to aspire to anyway. Yeah, it's funny. I um, I joke with her that I wanted to be a lawyer before she did. Um, I I wanted to be a lawyer from the time I was like six. Really? So crazy. It was like I my whole life I just knew what it was going to be. Was, was it like a movie? Was it a book or something that you saw? I, I think it was just I was really argumentative as a child. Yeah. And okay. Always that's joked good. With me about it, and I was like, Yeah, I'll show you. I will be a lawyer. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. That's a, no. It's a good. That is a good fertile foundation for being a lawyer being argumentative yeah but never losing your head right never getting That's too the hard angry. Part. it is yeah so we're laws out the out the window now you're like i don't know really oh yeah no law. definitely not so what was there something else that kind of became more appealing as an alternative um i thought about doing psychology for a while because i'm really really interested in the way that people uh, interact with each other mm-hmm. i took a couple of psych classes though and realized that I was already in the school that I needed to be in, though, because what I'm most interested in is the way that people actually communicate and yeah, not yeah. what's happening inside of the brain. Oh, I see. So the, um, what is actually is coming out is what you're interested in, not right. the motive for what's coming out. Right. So yeah. I stuck with it. And it turns out that degree, you could really mold into a lot of different things. Like mm. at the end of the day, my piece of paper says political communications. But I only took a couple of classes that you would even think qualify towards that. Like yeah. my favorite classes I took were... Um, like family communication, mm-hmm. communication and personal relationships, things like that. Yeah. Interesting. So you finish up, you get this degree, you're in Austin. What is it? Probably like 2010, 11? I graduated in 2012. Oh, 2012. So it's a really interesting time for cocktail culture here. Yeah. But was that what you, did you think about 
does that did you have your sights focused on hospitality at that point? Well, I started bartending in college. Where did you work? Um, <laughs> the very first place I worked in Austin was uh, on Sixth Street. Uh-huh. It was uh, called Logan's. I don't think it's there anymore. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I even I don't remember that. What kind of bar was it? Uh, typical Sixth Street pubby bar. Yeah. 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 Um, my first after my first year, all my friends went home because that's what freshmen do. This was um, that right? Instead, I got an apartment and I stayed in Austin. Yeah. And so I needed a job, and I thought that or I'd heard that bartending was good money. So yeah. I went and tried to find a bartending job. And I wasn't really bartending as much as I was cocktail waitressing, but mm. it's kind of my first taste in the industry. Did you like it? Oh, I hated it. I ended up quitting. <laughs> it was so I don't know how we're here then. If that was I don't such either. A, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just like one of those places where they your uniform is a tank top that's purposely right. too small, so you have to cut it so that you fit into it and it's, yeah, it's such it's just, a gross part of the, the yeah the, the more mainstream bars to put it that way right like that they're, they're they peddle sex to sell drinks so here's the first break that was the first time that madeline and i sat down and something unique happened over 100 interviews in now and i hadn't had a interview that left me thinking man i don't know what this person might be hiding i don't know if it's nerves if they're not just being open with me, but it was something that Madeline and I both agreed that it was definitely time to sit back down and chat. And she's far more open, far more detailed, and I guess connected and, and emotional and stuff. So it's really, really great to sit down and chat with her again. So here's the second part, the more open, the more transparent part with Madeline Kay. How did you feel like the first time went? Did you, did you feel like we were connecting, that we were like talking and that you learned something about this, this experience? Um, yeah, I don't, for me, I don't feel like it was a like lack of connection. I think I was just really nervous and yeah. didn't know what to expect. And I don't listen to a lot of podcasts and I think it was my first interview um, in this kind of uh, medium. Yeah. And so I think I was just really nervous and shut down a little bit and was just being a little, uh, a little dry. It's interesting that uh, that happens, though, because I guess, you know, it's like I look at myself a certain way, and I'm sure you look at yourself a certain way, and it's like, I I thought that I'm open. I thought that people I know, would I feel the same way, because, like, talking to anybody normally, I am one of the most open people Yeah, ever. that's what I was hearing, and, and people, I'm like, really? And people comment on it all the time. They're, like, yeah. really shocked by how open yeah. I am. I guess, I guess I just got nervous about it all being recorded. Is like, it, talking to someone, words kind of can disappear in, in the wind. And, no, totally. Yeah. But is it, like, what's really at stake if you think about it, though? Um, I don't know. I guess it just depends on a lot of things. People can be really judgmental. Um, yeah. People can take things the wrong way, um, especially uh, if you're if you're in the spotlight sometimes. Yeah. Um, and, and at the time we had our last interview, I was um, considering making a move to a different city for a job and, yeah. and didn't know how the things that I said would be received, didn't know what you would ask me about, and yeah, just yeah. kind of uh, wanted to be a little more tight-lipped, but that sense more isn't a thing. More so, protected yeah. all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's it's different now, though. You seem different. You seem open and, like, just very lively. Yeah, well, that's how I normally feel. Yeah. What's Wait, interesting, I, I suppose maybe, you know, so Mike Sanders, we, we had the 100th episode, and Mike interviewed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think about how it feels to be shackled to a microphone like many of the guests up to that point, you know? And I don't know, man. It is, I guess it is awkward. 
right? Like, it's this weird kind of dynamic. Like, you're in front of this weird metal thing, and it's kind of, like, interfering with what is a natural flow of conversation, necessarily. Yeah, a little bit. A little. Um, I don't know. It doesn't feel as weird to talk into the microphone as it does to, <laughs> to think that it's just going to be there for anybody to listen to, you know? But you don't, I mean, and this isn't a, a means to, like, uncover things but i don't think you have anything to hide you're very very transparent from what i understand yeah generally is it the the i guess because the internet doesn't forgive i suppose maybe yeah yeah but you don't have yeah again like i i don't recall seeing any sordid tales of of madeline k on online (laughs) (laughs) not that i can think of not yet anyway oh god well so okay you got back from Europe here just, was it last week? Yeah, a week ago, uh, Monday. Was that a personal trip? Was it like a career trip, job thing? Or? Uh, it was a little bit of both. Um, so winning Speed Rack, all the regional winners got to go to Jameson for um, this bartender, um, oh, what's it called? A global mix master yeah. competition. Um, and I saw you went to Cork. I did, yeah. So which, it was it was in Cork. Um, which is, a Love Cork. Yeah, beautiful. it was beautiful. so much fun. It's totally beautiful. Um, yeah, well, that's where the distillery is, and most of our events right, are at the right. distillery. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, yeah so uh, Lacey Hawkins actually got to compete for Team USA. Um, it was amazing. There were 180 different bartenders and brand yeah. ambassadors from 32 different global markets. Um, so it was a lot of really fun global networking. Yeah. Um, met so many people, and we just had a blast. The pictures were good. It made me feel like you guys were the monkeys. You remember that band? <laughs> like everybody, <laughs> everybody, everybody holding kept, hands and like. Yeah, everyone mostly kept comparing us to an '80s gymnastics team because we got these sweet <laughs> Team America windbreakers. It's so similar. Were yeah, you Mary Lou Retton? Someone had to be Mary Lou Retton. <laughs> um, not me. <laughs> but but she's yeah. like four two, so it's our it's our. Oh, it might say. have been me then. I might have been the shortest one. You might have been. I think I was. You may, yeah. I tend to be the shortest. When one. does the Wheaties cover come out? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll probably release that around Pride. Good. We had to, oh, uh, that's it was fair. Pride in Dublin, so it was. Was cold. it really? Yeah. So they got us these sweet uh, American flag Pride flags. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. It was a lot of fun. So, like this point in in your career, it seems like you're getting to do some great things. You're going out to, to Europe or Ireland specifically. Did you guys head to the UK as well? Or was yeah, that- so pretty much what happened is uh, Marissa from Chicago, who uh, she won Speed Rock in Chicago, yeah. approached me because she knows I travel a lot and um, mentioned that she had a friend in Copenhagen and I had never been. So she asked if I wanted to do that. And then I've got friends in London. So asked her if she wanted to come with me. And uh, Portugal was just kind of a, a one-off like, I was looking at coming back to two brunch shifts. Yeah. I was like, yeah, JR. Um, I'm going to stay in Portugal. I don't want to come back to work brunch. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to Portugal for the weekend because I've never been. And I'll be back on Monday. How was it? Oh, it was great. I only went to Porto and it was just a, it was a quick trip. It was a weekend. Yeah. Um, but um, we ended up, I ended up getting to go out to Taylor Flagate, which was awesome. Mm. Um, got set up with that uh, through one of our wine reps and... It was really cool. I learned a ton about port that I just didn't know before. And yeah. they did a big tasting with me. I had white port, which is delicious. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. What oh, is the, I've never had that. Yeah, I've never even tried. I've never even heard of it. I brought, I bought two bottles. So um, I'll make sure to to get you some. Yeah, some amazing. Point. Yeah, it's delicious. It's uh, more of an aperitif. Yeah. And they actually, which is really cool, they're doing white port and tonic, oh. which I don't even like tonic. Um, 
like generally. Yeah, Some yeah. tonics I, I can get down with. Um, but it's delicious. They'll put like mint and orange slices and yeah. cinnamon and so good. So so coming back, because it's like last time I was thinking about the whole Australian chapter, mm-hmm. you know, and because again, like in this, <laughs> this chat will be, it'll be back and forth because I felt a little bit as like, I think something like heartbreak is a thing, man. Oh, it's totally a thing. You know, and I feel like we had to talk about not not necessarily like right now, but like heartbreak you have to talk about. And so like coming back from Australia, was that kind of what happened? That's what I understood. Some people were telling me like Yeah. Um I I didn't want to come back. Um, but my ex and I broke up and we were living together and yeah. I didn't have a work visa. Um because we were only supposed to, I met him in Asia, and then we were going to go, I was going to go live with him for three months. Yeah. And um, just try to work under the table, both of us save up some money, and then we were going to take off traveling indefinitely. Um, and then it took me two months to find a job, and things were just really hard. Um, living with someone is a lot harder than you expect. Yeah, it is. Um, Unless it's easy, then it's easy, but very yeah. seldom, right? Yeah, well, I think you kind of have that expectation of like, oh, well, I've been in relationships where... You know, we spend every night together anyway, but it is not the same as living with someone. No. Um, especially when one of you doesn't have a job. Um, that's is it kind of like, really hard. Does it make you feel like in a way you're burdening the other person? Um, kind of, yeah. Uh, I mean, I still had some American money and it was worth more than Australian yeah, dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, we had little arrangements like he would pay rent and I would buy groceries and it wasn't quite equal, but... right. Um, you know, it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's a it bit. is hard, man. Like I, I've been, I've, I've been through that, and um, to share something. So I've been in Austin quite a, quite a while, but like mm-hmm. Max's wife, due to some shit that went down, she's like, all right, well, I'll move to Austin, mm-hmm. but she didn't have a job for a long time. So the kind of like inherent stress that gets caused from that, because mm-hmm. I'm still working at the same place and I've got a job, and she's trying to figure this out. Like it really, I get it, man, because it. It causes a lot of friction unnecessarily. Even if it didn't matter to me yeah. that she didn't have a job, she it mattered to her. Yeah. And so then, like, we you fight more. Things are more uncomfortable. You know. Yeah, for sure. How long did it? So before you kind of headed back, how long were you guys together? Uh, not that long, actually. It was it was shorter, but it was really intense. Um, we were together for eight months. Wow, that's not, that's not bad. It's like my longest relationship, actually. It's yeah. kind of sad, but that's um, not sad. It's it it's takes weird. Time, you know. I don't know. I'm like 26 years old, and I've never been with anyone for more than like eight months. But that's kind of sting. Like we, and this one thing we talked about like last time, but after after we stopped recording, but like modern dating is kind of fucked up. It's super fucked up. Is it even easy to meet dudes at 26? Um, it's it's easy to meet people, but. I don't know. Austin is weird. I have a lot of very strong opinions about dating in Austin. Yeah. No, I know. Um, I, no, I want to like, hear it. Yeah. Well, because I've done it before and then like left and come back. And, you know, I thought maybe it's because before everyone I was kind of trying to date was younger or right. I was younger. But no, it's the same shit. People here just like. Would it like. Oh, everyone's so immature and they they don't know what they want and i mean i'm guilty of it to some degree sometimes well, not but everybody yeah you can't know everything that okay well not want. everybody but like by and large i feel like because the the population here is so young yeah um it's it's a lot of people who work a lot don't really have time to date 
and don't really put a lot of focus on it. Or if they do, it's, I don't know, it's really hard to explain. Um, well, so can I, can, I, can I pose a situation? You tell me, you interpret it for me. Okay. okay. So there's a guy I work with. He's a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And he's just a few years younger than me. And, you know, I've got previous marriage under the belt and stuff. So perhaps I've got, I'm a little more weathered. Mm-hmm. To the, the gray hairs <laughs> and all that shit. But no, so he's a good dude. He shows to shows up to work on time. He's very very reliable, but the way in which he engages with women that he wants to date, like they're just texting all the time. Like, is that kind of uh, the common thing now? Even yes. though it is less than stellar a way to communicate with somebody. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I think it's something that happened. Um, so I actually am super uh, interested in this because I went to school for communication. Yeah, yeah. And even though my degree is technically political communication, um, it was under just general communication studies. So right. I got to take a lot of classes that weren't technically political. Um, like my favorite class I ever took was communication communication in personal relationships. Okay. I did like family communication, nonverbal, things like that as Interesting, well. Interesting, yeah. Um, but I always told people and told myself if I ever went to grad school, what I would want to study would be how technology has affected um, personal relationships. Yeah. Basically, Aziz Ansari's book, That Dick. <laughs> he, <laughs> he just paid people to do research for him and was yeah. funny. He like wrote what I wanted to study. Um, Still room, though, and there's room for a female perspective, too. Uh, very true. Yeah. Um, definitely don't want to pay for grad school, though, or teach. Don't do it. Just, <laughs> just um, I mean, being in the industry and you're in, you, you've got a platform, you know? Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think there's some weird thing that happened around people. My age, because I've noticed I have some friends who are, are on one side and some friends who are a little more old school on the other. Yeah. Um, where just the way that they interact with you is noticeably different. Um, like any friends that I have who are younger, mm-hmm. um, I don't think they've ever talked to a person on the phone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's something I noticed when I talked to my baby sister. Um, I called her a couple weeks ago and she's like, What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I'm just bored. I want to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just, it's not a text. Um, And, and I think that, I mean, I was guilty of it too. Um, I remember one time I met a guy out and I got home that night and he called me to see if I made it home. Okay. I was like, why the fuck did this guy just call me? That's so weird. And I was talking to my friend about it. She's a a few years older than me. And she's like, what's weird about that? That's actually really sweet. And I was like, no, it's creepy. But it's just like there's a weird kind of um, uh, area that I think my age group is in where we don't really know what we're doing because we were brought up when texting was kind of coming to be a thing. Right. Um, it's definitely changed the way that people interact with each other for it, sure. It almost feels like, and, and Lydia brought this up the other day, she said like, well, what if people aren't ready to do something as committed as call? Mm-hmm. Right, like so. Bef- before this, before texting, and, and I'm not like old fashioned. Well, maybe I don't know, but like, if you wanted to be with somebody, mm-hmm. you would call them, or you'd say, "Let's go out," and then you mm-hmm. would ask that kind of question. But like the fact that serious decisions, even about like when should I pick you up, where should we go to get a dinner, where should we go get a drink, that it's all on text now, mm-hmm. gives the whole experience a very passive engagement model. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think actually that's how I feel about Austin is people are very passive about dating Yeah, because there's so much option. Um, and it's something that I couldn't quite figure out until um, like earlier in the year, I was kind of seeing someone in a different city. Mm. And even just like the first time we went out, 
the difference between going out in public with him and being out in public with anyone that I've been with here yeah. was just like, it was different worlds. What, you know, like from, from the onset, like he had his hand on my lower back, was like leading me around, introducing me to people. Yeah. Wasn't shy about the fact that we were in public together. Yeah, yeah. Like was totally okay with everybody knowing it. And this was like the first time we hung out. Um, whereas wow. here, I feel like even if I'm on a date most times, not that most people even ask you out on a date here. Right. What, what like, what hey, is let's that? Let's get drinks. Let's hang out. I'm here with my friends. Do you want to come? Like, so passive, right? Uh, I'm here <laughs> so doing this dumb. other thing, but you as an afterthought seem like you'd be a good addition. Like, yeah. right. That's so insulting. I would. Think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it, yeah, it was something I didn't really notice until I started dating someone or like seeing, hanging out with whatever. Yeah. Um, whatever like the someone semantics in a different, are. In a different place. Um, but even like that relationship was so different. Like we would FaceTime and talk on the phone and it was nice and refreshing and something that was doesn't he older? happen here. No, actually. Really? Yeah. Where did, where did he get that? Where did he get that no shit? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is actually quite good. You know, we, so like Ladine and I made a rule initially that we wouldn't text. We actually weren't allowed to text each other. Okay. It's like, if you want something, you call me. I'm like, uh, all right. I remember how these work. I remember mm-hmm. phones. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the eighties. Like I remember, but it, it seems so foreign. And do you think got to even project that? How are people going to really connect? In the I don't future, know. Man? Um, well, that's the thing is like, I'm not against texting. Sure. Um, sure. Especially like if you're, if, both of you were really busy. Mm. Um, it's just a nice way to be in communication. Um, as long as you don't like freak out about it, if you're understanding that the other person is busy and it's it's almost like having a conversation just slowly throughout the day. Right, right. Unless you get to the point where you're like, oh my God, it's been an hour and they haven't texted me back. They <laughs> it's hate like foraging me. Just yeah. or grazing food across the day. Oh man, can't do that double text though either. What is the double text? <laughs> no, yeah, what is that? Uh, when you like put out a feeler or talk to someone, you're like, Hey, and then you don't say anything for a while, and then maybe like forty five minutes later, you're like, "What's going on?" God, that's and then they respond. It's even worse. <laughs> that's it's got to be like such. Oh my god, because we get so attached to these things. Do, do you ever watch Key and Peel? Sometimes, yeah. yeah. There's this particular one where like, okay, it's a uh, no. Michael Key, he's texting Peel, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, what are we up to tonight?" He's like, "Whatever." It's like. Wait, what time do you want to go? Like, whatever is fine, man. And then they start going through, and it escalates into mm-hmm. this, like, a really contentious thing. And only because Michael Keaton, Key, or Keegan Michael Key, like, he misinterprets it as, like, hostility. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele's just fucked up and, and high, and he doesn't care, right? <laughs> so it's, like, text, it, it already It's has, so hard to read. Uh, it's totally hard to read. Yeah. And so is, is there hope? Like, are you, where, where do you go? Do you want to meet? good guys and like how do you even do it i've kind of given up on austin to be honest really yeah i uh i've i keep joking with my friends and stuff that like if i ever want to meet anyone i'm just gonna have to move somewhere else because it's just not gonna happen here man how long have you been here again um eight years with two years gone that's right because you went to school and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah man that's i mean that's kind of symbolic of if you as a a young lady. You're actually 10 years younger than me, so this is okay. I can speak as an elder, <laughs> which, is, which is fair. Right? But, like, you're, like, you're in a good position. You're career-oriented. You're at Vox. You know good people. You're articulate. And, like, if it can't work for you, what the fucking hope do, like, people that are, like, B-grade have? Oh, man. 
Uh-huh. You know? That was sweet. Thank it was, you. It was a backhand. <laughs> it, was, it was a backhand. <laughs> Compliment. No, but I mean, I mean, seriously, like, if it can't work for you, like, how is it supposed to work for anybody else? Like, Tinder, does that work? Is I that couldn't tell you. I, on principle, absolutely refuse to Tinder. I think it's the saddest, most pathetic thing ever. What about it? Well, I think for me, my I strong disagree. opinions I come just... from... I think it depends on what market you're in. Like, yeah. I totally understand, um, you know, places where, like in New York, if you are just surrounded by so many people that you... Like, it's it's weird when you get around more people, it's harder to meet people. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, maybe you work 60 hours a week and you don't really have time to to go out and meet people and waste your time like that. Then I guess I understand online and app dating for purposes like that. But yeah. I think when Tinder became as like it was starting to become a thing, I was in Melbourne and everybody there was just using it for sex. Because, oh, right. Okay. That makes sense. Which is, it's, you know, that's fine if that's what you're I mean, after. But for them, really. it was just like, it's like, really, if that's what you're after, just like go talk to somebody. But they're so afraid of rejection that like they need that, that like we both checked off on each other first. Right. And I just think that's the saddest thing. And maybe because I have, I do have a job where I talk to people a lot and, um, you know, meeting people all the time that, I mean, maybe I just, that's why I have a different opinion of it. But yeah. I just think it's so sad. Like if you're attracted to somebody, you see them, go say hi. Go say something about it. Like if you don't like your meal, what do you do? You tell your waiter. Right, and they send it back, and they bring something. Yeah, but most people are too shy to even do that. I know, but but it's like you have to kind of stand firm on some ground of your preferences and your tastes. It's like if you think someone's attractive and you feel like something is really important there, go chase them down. Yeah, maybe not literally chase them, but you know, <laughs> go follow. I mean, and and it's so weird because how if if dating, which leads to courtship which leads to marriage which leads to families all of these things if you if that is the right narrative if it's not working on a molecular level anymore and people can't even connect because i feel like it's a mix of commoditizing people right mm -hmm. like so you, you use tinder the same way you use amazon right it's like yeah, I, guess. I don't i don't want that one i want the shoes in the other color right right like and it, everything is just so particularly like how how is even love gonna and, and I, I hate to like even make it sappy but like how is love gonna be a thing how are people know. even gonna be able to connect yeah i don't know it's something i think about a lot actually it's really sad do you think that it's optimistic in the end or do you think it's really no doomed? i don't i don't have a, a lot of optimism for it actually yeah um which probably makes me more cynical than anything but it happens though yeah it's kind of interesting thing it's like this opportunity to kind of chat again and I can tap into your brain a little bit and be <laughs> like, I got really lucky. Like I barely missed the fallout, like and found somebody that I chased, like almost literally chased <laughs> in the hallways at work, you know, but it's like for people that don't have, they don't have the push to do that. They miss out. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. Is it okay if you were to chase a guy? I don't see why not. That's, it's kind of what I did with my ex. Yeah? Yeah, we were on an island together and... Um, but not f filmed, because there's lots of shows on islands. Where people no, 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 no. <laughs> um, we were on an island in the south of Thailand, and um, I had been there for a few days. I was with some friends that I had met up in the north, 
And he was there on like a two week boys trip yeah. um, with two of his best friends. And um, I was actually hanging out with my dive instructor. Oh, so yeah. I was like kind of on a date ish, not really, but um, we we're just <laughs> Many like, at pun. A bar. There's got to be a good pun. We'll think about it later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw him. <clears throat> and like the second he walked in, I was just like, that is the person I need to be with. Yeah. Like instantly. And um, the whole rest of the time I was on the island, I was like, I have to find him again. Um, Because he actually came up and started talking to me for a second, but then Bohemian Rhapsody came on and he got really distracted because he was wasted. As as you do. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, But yeah, I spent like the next couple of days talking to all my friends like, I need to find that guy, I need to find that guy. And then um, we were, it sounds so dumb, we were on a pub crawl that Friday night. Mm -hmm. And uh, as soon as he showed up, like, I don't know, I was just like, I have to to make out with him. Like, this is just what I have to do. And so I was... um, I don't know. I, that was also just like, I think he was feeling the same way. Like I remember him and his friends were signing up and I was walking down the stairs and we made eye contact and like I could read his mouth and he was just like, oh shit, yeah. Something like, understated about being able to, like just making eye contact with someone. Yeah. But someone still has to move forward with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I know that it may be easy to get pessimistic and it may be easy to feel like things are maybe doomed, right? But... It worked once. Yeah. You're this, you you may be a different person, but that doesn't mean you wouldn't do the same thing again, right? No, not at all. You know, so I mean, on that note, perhaps there is hope. Yeah, it's true. Maybe. I don't don't try to, I'm not trying to be positive. No, it's cool. (laughs) It's cool. Um, I think for me, just like after that relationship, it's hard to, um, think that something like that is going to happen again yeah. uh, anytime soon. It can, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, it totally could. I don't think that it couldn't. Um, I just think I found something really rare. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see it happening again soon. You never Especially know, working as much as I have been lately. Yeah. Dude, to guys, I mean, being a female in this industry, I'm kind of, move into that piece of it like guys hit on bartenders a lot don't they um i think it's it's different at different bars um i don't actually get it that much um but i'm in a restaurant it's yeah, a it's different true. different style bar mm. um is pesce different you think that's oh, a restaurant yeah. too well yeah but that one especially when i was working there it was the food was definitely secondary to it being a speakeasy cocktail yeah. bar um yeah, and no, I definitely got hit on a lot more when I was there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But know. it can't be like, that's got to be a, a warning sign, right? Like if a guy's across the bar really heavily hitting on you and he's probably had a few. Yeah, it just depends. I mean, there's different styles, you know, like if some, different styles. Like if oh, some drunk oh. asshole comes up to me and she's like, I need your number. You're really pretty. Like, no, you're, you're wasted. <laughs> was this an afterthought? Like, like how long right. did you think about this, sir? Right. Yeah. Dude, it's one thirty. Just go home. <laughs> Just go home. I'm not getting out of here till 4 and you're going right. to be passed out. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you're going to take me on a date at 4 a.m. Right. Cute. If um, he remembers in the morning. Right. Even, right? Yeah. Which isn't even a date, but that's something totally true. different. That's totally um, true. But, you know, like, sometimes if the evening is more slow-paced and, you know, you've just been chatting with someone for a while yeah. and by the end they're like you know it's been really awesome to talk to you i'd really like to talk to you sometime outside of work 
Um, I usually still say no. I don't use, I don't give my number out very often. Yeah. Um, you know, even if it has like been a nice chat, I just don't feel like it's. It's not the right uh, platform for it. No, I don't think so. Yeah. It's not very professional. That's a good point too. Um, I mean, either way, at that point, I've probably lost a customer because they're going to be like too embarrassed to come back, probably. That's but, a good point. Uh, or keep them, keep them guessing, and they'll keep coming back. Yeah, maybe. I guess it depends on like how I feel about it. Yeah. Generally, I'm kind of, even at that point, it's like I've been chatting with him as being in work mode. Mm. So I'm not really thinking it's about different, it. different, like right? Yeah. Totally different. And I think that we are different side of ourselves at different times, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and if, you know, going back to it, like if you think I'm media or like have a prerogative or some kind of like motive, then the way that we talk is going to be totally different. You know? Mm-hmm. But I think it's been good, obviously good catching up. And there's, there's a couple of things I wanted to chat about. And that is, do you see female bartenders, female managers and things, do you see a lot more of a movement happening there? Like a lot more leadership being hopefully like pushed to female leadership? Modern, um, fe- I get, feminism is a kind of a weird word to some, but like I think that, that that's, we're at that phase in the industry where like women need to have more roles, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot more women around than there used to be for sure. Um, You know, I remember when I first started working in this industry here, I felt like the only one. I know it wasn't. I mean, there's always been female bartenders, but as as far as like the cocktail world goes, um, I'm sure I would be wrong to say that I was the only one, but I can't. Well, no, but I I mean, you were were one of, no, for, for, yeah, for sure. Like back in the Haddington days. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And even like before that, I mean, we had a good solid uh, team of girls that drink well when I was working there. Oh, I forgot you worked over there. Yeah, yeah. It was really short. It was only yeah. a couple of months, but um, they were really good about hiring women. But, you know, Jessica's a great yeah. woman in our industry. Well, she's one of the leaders. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, so that just kind of makes sense. But yeah, I definitely notice it a lot more. Do you feel like a responsibility to kind of push it forward too? Sometimes. Yeah, it's. For me, it's less um, like making, putting women in charge and more just making sure that we're being treated right yeah, and that we're all headed in a positive direction. Um, you know, making sure that we're not being paid less, which sounds ridiculous, but it still but happens. No, that's completely I, common. I have a friend who was being tipped out less than her male bartenders. Are you kidding me? No. In and town? I was, yeah. And oh, I was shit. shocked to find that out. That's incredible. Yeah, and I won't say who or where, but no, was, no, sure, but I could not believe that. But so, like, right now, this year, you have a bar, you have a tab, mm-hmm. and women are actually being tabbed out less. That's insane. If I'm phrasing that the right way, so they're getting a lesser share. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe that for like really silly, arbitrary reasons. For anything that's actually like a decent reason, no. I can't imagine. No, so there is no reason sexism. you're doing the same job. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, but, you know, even though things like that are happening, there are way more positive things that are happening. Mm. Um, like, definitely. Even even just the way that, um, like, women's safety is, is being uh, treated. Um, I, I guess I've noticed it a lot more lately from um, all of the bartending events I've been doing mm-hmm. um, and, all, like, going out of town and stuff. Um, but one thing that I definitely noticed, like when I was at Run Amok, is anytime 
a girl was like maybe not feeling well or too drunk or whatever, all yeah. the boys, because it was all just bartenders, right? So right, like right, right. all the boys were just on it. Like if I was hungover in the morning, they'd be like, hey, here's some Pedialyte, here's some water. Are you okay? Do you want to lay down? Yeah, it was really sweet. Or like at night when we were partying, um, you know, if like any of the girls got too drunk, it was just like, they'd be like, okay, cool. What cabin is shit? Yeah. And like carrying her to bed, putting a blanket over her. Like, that's, stuff I mean, that, that's amazing. Yeah. Though. Stuff that probably didn't used to happen as often. Why do you think that changed? Um, I think it's just something that's happening culturally. Like people, like people aren't happy about some of the shit that's gone down in our country. Yeah. Um, and not, not just with bartenders, like just nationally and like, or I guess, um, you know, there's been like a lot of really fucked up rape cases and stuff. And absolutely, I think that young people in particular are um, demanding more social change. Yeah. Um, not that they're always like voting or doing anything about it. Um, you know, well, hashtags doing... only go so far. No, great point. But, you know, people are more aware of it. And I think it's changed the behavior um, of how we think about women. Um, and I think. Cherish them. Appreciate them. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, not that we need to be babied or taken care of or anything, but, yeah. um, you know, sometimes you can't when you when you're just hanging out with boys and like trying to keep up like physically, sometimes it's just not if they're like a foot taller possible. than you. What are you going to do? Right. You know, and all I do is hang out with boys and all I do is try to go like drink for a drink with them. And it doesn't always pan out well. No, <laughs> they're, they're so much bigger. No, <laughs> like literally, just they're just yeah. bigger. You yeah. Know? Um. But yeah, and I also just think like in our industry, there's so many good platforms for women now. Like Speedrack has done so much for promoting females in the industry, and yeah. it's such a, a widely known organization now. Um, and I think it's done it's a lot it's got for credi- credibility, integrity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just think it's done a lot for um, the way that people think about women bartenders now. Yeah. How is? And tell me if you want to talk about this. So, like, the Bar Institute stuff was cool. Like, I got to teach a class, which was great. Mm-hmm. And connect with people in kind of a different way. Do some interviews, too, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it for you? I, I Did something happen? Like, did yeah. something happen? Like, that you can, what what's the word, tweet at me and kind of disclose? Oh, God. Um, something at some bar. We don't have to talk about yeah, where. Yeah, like, I don't want to go into what happened entirely. Yeah. Um, but just on the platform of yeah, like yeah. what we we're discussing uh, with that's right with, that's kind of why um yeah essentially what happened is um some drama went down and i was going through facebook the next day and saw that um someone's way of like talking shit about me was to insult my appearance which i just it, and it was a another female in yeah. the industry yeah, yeah um and i just think that that was so fucked up like are we really going nowhere if that's the first thing? That's why I bring it up is because it feels like, you know, you have this message and what I feel is becoming more a, a clear reality and that women are uniting. There are better causes, more equality potentially in this industry. Mm-hmm. And then at the same st- at the same time, you have like at this particular level, you have women like at each other's throats. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's always kind of been a thing and I don't think it will ever stop being a thing yeah. just because I think by nature, women are competitive with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just kind of instinctive. So what did you do? Like getting insulted in that way on such a stupid and kind of base level. Um, what do what does one do? Oh, basically, I just got really pissed and wrote a Facebook post about it. <laughs> I didn't call her out by name yeah. specifically. But 
just because I think, and, and the reason that I never took it down and the reason that I thought it was important to do is because I think it's something that needs to be addressed as like, you know, what, how are we to say that we're moving forward if stuff like this is still happening? Yeah. Like anything. Tell me I'm a bad bartender. Tell me my drinks suck. Tell right. me I shake weird. Tell me anything that actually has to do with what I'm doing. Right, right. Don't insult me by by insulting my appearance. Like something as base as like, you know, your hair is hideous or like you're fat or whatever. Like yeah. that's so dumb. Like one, well, we, we did it. Who in cares? Yeah, that's <laughs> like also it has nothing to do with my place within the industry or what I'm doing yeah. or like it just it's base and it doesn't matter. And is it, it doesn't difficult need to happen to kind of like emerge from that stuff? Like. You got guys hitting on you, which I guess is probably easy to ignore, but like just people criticizing each other for the stupidest reasons. Is it easy to move beyond that? Um, I think it's easier for me um, just because um, I, I've i grown a lot in the last couple of years mm-hmm. um, with myself and I'm a lot more confident than I used to be. Um, not entirely or completely. Um, you know, you Did still always have that it? like laugh, lack of confidence from like being a chubby kid or whatever. Ah, see, yeah. You know, but um, I don't know if any, any one thing in particular changed. I think it's just getting older and growing up and um, realizing that some things are important and some aren't. Yeah. Um, you have a career in this, don't you? I think so. Yeah, I don't know what else I would do. <laughs> but you have your degree too. Yeah, I could, but like the thought of using it or ever doing anything nine to five is just a nightmare. Terrifying at this point, which is also hard because you know I don't really see myself still being behind the bar at like thirty five. Like I do want a family. It's so old. Well, you know, <laughs> it's kidding, yeah. when you when you're looking at you know physically like you know wanting to have kids and stuff. Yeah. And just how that would be working, not nine to five. Or, really tough. Yeah. Um, is that, I think, so let's talk 10 years then. Is that what you want for them? Is that you want a family, have kids and all that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's actually really hard because I don't know how those two worlds would or will combine. Yeah. I don't know either. Um, I think most people, kind of, especially women, do it for a while and then start doing brand work. And that is a lot easier. Um, and although I am looking to dabble in a little bit of side brand work, it's mm-hmm. not really, I don't feel like it's what I want long term. And that might change. I might start doing it and yeah. really love it. Um, the money's probably a lot more consistent. <laughs> but um, that's at the, at the moment, that's not really where I see my life taking me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is hard. It's hard to enjoy what I'm doing and... Um, look at the opportunities that are being presented to me and see a timeline where I'm also getting married and having kids. Yeah. Because a lot of my lifestyle just isn't really conducive to that. It doesn't seem, it seems incongruent for now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how do you settle down when you're working late? How do you settle down when it feels like dating is doomed? Yeah. Well, and it's, I think it's even harder for us because of the hours that we work. We're kind of stuck to, you know, other people in the industry and it's a stressful life and it's, it's hard. You know, I, I have a friend the other day who was telling me that he just doesn't, doesn't believe that any relationship is going to work as long as he is in the industry and doing what he's doing. So yeah, like kind of a series of failed relationships then? 
Um, uh, he just he just got out of one um, because like the hours just weren't working. Yeah, it's tough. Um, yeah, it is really tough. It's tough when like you can't go on a proper date because you work through dinner. I mean, yeah. lunch dates are fun; they're like my favorite. But you know, even when you're past dating and you are in a relationship, when your options are like just going to each other's houses at 3 a.m. Yeah. or everything is usually, um, you know, around alcohol, which isn't always the easiest. You can have like a super stable relationship, but then if you're both just drinking all the time, yeah, you know, it's stuff hard just to happens. see what, what reality really is at that point. Too. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's um, it's a really amazing industry. Uh, like in the sense of the word amazing, not like how it's overused, but yeah. because there's there's so many good people and good things and it's really difficult to have any sort of like normality to life. But it's also something that you get really addicted to because um, it's it's a fun industry and it, it, it opens up so many opportunities. Like who else gets to be flown to Europe for two weeks? Like right. most of that trip I just took, I didn't even pay for. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, you know, that's it's something I think that's very specific to our industry. Yeah. Um, but it also it makes life really hard sometimes. I guess it's a matter of trading off things for other things. Yeah. But even that's really difficult. Yeah. You know, like I I've been working so much recently, um, like a lot more so in the last like three to four months. Because even like leading up to Speed Rack, I was doing a lot of practice events and um, charity events and things like that. I was working seven days a week. Um, and I like did have someone who was interested in dating me and ended up um, that just kind of fizzled out and we talked about it. And he was like, well, you just, you didn't seem very like a happy person because you were working all the time and just mm. miserable. And every time we talked, it was just, you know, like complaining about how stressed out you were, how tired you were. Like it's, and that's, that's really sad. <laughs> like that, that is kind of where, where I'm at right now but luckily you know none of that stuff if you weren't driven or you weren't intelligent right like this would maybe be it but it's not and I think there's a lot of capacity for your career growth there's capacity to have different relationships with different people and stuff and man like I really appreciate you coming back in and chatting on what I consider a far more real level with me. Yeah. You know? We have talked about dating so much, though, that I feel like I'm on a dating show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, really, yeah. all I'm trying to do with the show <laughs> is parlay this experience and do a Chris Hard, Hardgrove, Hardgrove, I can't remember, Hardwick, excuse me. Yeah, like he was doing, anyway, yeah, I'm trying to take all this experience. So I'm be a <laughs> dating show host. Might not work out so bad. I don't know. It's fun. But I, I think that I want to catch up in a couple of years and see where things are at and see how it's changed for you because I know it's going to change. Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, especially just like where I'm at in my life. Yeah. It's a lot of fun opportunities that have come up or could come up. And also just, you know, being like coming into late 20s, I feel like a lot of interesting life things happen and it's a lot of choices and paths. And Totally does. Yeah. And it doesn't get good until 30. That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. I wouldn't say I'm excited. But like, <laughs> I'm not worried. Yeah. I'm not scared. You may have some timers that start to go off, as you kind of mentioned with kids and stuff. But yeah. like, if you're a guy, that's a great time. It's like, you must be nice. 
You just go gray or you go bald. That happens to a lot of people, so you don't have that going on. No, never. My hair is so thick. It's stupid. <laughs> well, going to still stick around at Vox? You got yeah. any other stuff on the horizon? Or? Um, yeah. Uh, we are looking at opening our new spot in the next oh, couple Oh, right. Months. The Takaria kind of spot. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, definitely going to be more of an agave bar than a restaurant, like more bar focused than a yeah. restaurant, from what I've been told. I don't know. I've no, been yeah, I haven't lot, seen so. anything like officially on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're still like doing build out and stuff, so we've got some time, but yeah. you know, we're looking at the next couple of months, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. I know that JR has told me that he'll um, use it as an opportunity to teach a lot of us how to open a bar from scratch. Amazing. Um, you know, like stuff that you don't think of that you still have to learn, like setting up POSs and, yeah. um, you know, doing like a first order and. It'll be a really good learning experience. I'm super excited about it. Should be good. You guys got a good crew over there. Yeah, we They're do. Very fun. Yeah. Very fun. It'd be fun to see like what it was like if we weren't a restaurant bar. Like um, in just like a pure bar? Yeah. Well, because uh, Vox a lot of times feels like two different venues in one room. You're very, yeah, very yeah. true. Yeah, it's a whole different experience. Because dining is different than like being, being at the bar. Yeah. For sure. It's totally different. Yeah. It's almost like uh, you've got two, and they're not opposing, but you have like two teams, right? Like, in the same complex, mm-hmm. like, there's the food, but then there's the bar team. Mm-hmm. Those guys are obviously all, bro- you know, you guys are all really tight. So it's interesting. It's a very cool balance in there. The mm-hmm. food's really good, cocktails as well. So, and since first Tiki Tuesday, I know ever. I know Fox, they're such right? little cuties right now. I never work Tuesdays, so oh shit. Um, yeah, I always have Mondays and Tuesdays off, but um, I'm a little jealous. Me too. I know. I love tiki things. I do too. But they're just fraught with juice, man. So much, so much juice. I know. They were all in really early today doing prep. I think I got a text at like one. We don't even open until five. (laughs) The dedication to tiki. Yeah. Well, to everything, though. We do that every week, every Wednesday with our program. We have huge, um, like, syrup sessions and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's uh, brilliant, man. You know, like I said, we need to keep in touch and For sure. see how things progress. And I really appreciate you sitting back and chatting with me in a different capacity. It's better, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. I totally, totally get feel it. so much more relaxed this time around. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt that there's an Arakenio and Barrow from Tio Ray from Vago at 52 plus. Oh, definitely ABA. not. This doesn't hurt, right? No. No. I feel Good. great. This me is too. best hangover remedy ever. Salute. Thank you, Judah. Thank you, Vago. Thank you. Well, there we have it. Does that not feel better? This is more satisfactory. There's lots of things I've learned about Madeline. And, and the thing is, I'm about 10 years older. And Ladi and I often talk about modern dating and how much of a fucking shitstorm it is. And it's interesting to hear it from Madeline's perspective. And honestly, this may be one of the most dating-centric episodes that I didn't expect would turn into that. But it was great getting to know you better, Madeline, and shoot the shit and really feel like connected and feel like the people that will hear this will appreciate you so much more. So thank you, everybody, for listening to Should Have E with Mike G. No matter which bass guitar you're looking at and having to think about new lines every time you do these outro to the podcast or what episode of Golden Girls you'd like to watch next. Please keep dancing.